I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. This is hour two of Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich are out. Aaron Torres and Rich Orenberger in for the guys. Rich and I were also in for the Doug Gottlieb Show to make sure to download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Doug was in for the Dan Patrick Show earlier today. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We are also brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, Rich. So I'll be honest. I get a little bit of a curveball thrown at me today. I did not realize the NBA draft, uh, the NBA draft, the NFL draft combine is next week. Yeah, February every year. It comes up quick on us because later and later is the actual finale of the the NFL pushing with the 17th game. I mean, which very easily could turn into 18 games here in the coming years. Sure. I mean, February is basically dominated by the NFL. It has been for years with the combine and the the expanded coverage and the city to city that 
you know, now it's a kind of a touring circus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's coming up quick. So we're going to get our first look at some of the names that you're going to become real familiar with in April when the draft comes around. Yeah, it's funny. We're talking about all these things that uh, the NBA, oh my goodness, fix All-Star Weekend, Major League Baseball, all these rule changes to fix things. Roger Goodell and the NFL are just humming, man. And I know everyone loves football, but that is a well-run machine as we are basically talking NFL football basically 365 days a year. Um, but with the combine coming up, you know, kind of that NFL draft talk and conversation and fodder has begun. We got an interesting quote from Todd McShay, who is a lead NFL analyst for another network. Very, very good at his job, and so it's not a criticism of him. But he was asked about Bryce Young this weekend. And again, for just to reset for people who don't know, the Bears have the number one overall pick. And I will say, I think Bryce Young is kind of an interesting inflection point on the NFL draft because are the Bears going to keep the number one pick and draft quarterback, trade Justin Fields? Are they going to trade that pick to someone else and they'll take Bryce Young? Or are they going to keep the pick and take a non-quarterback? Well, Todd McShay was asked about Bryce Young earlier this week, and he said this. When you study the tape... And I love C.J. Stroud, and I think he has a chance to be a really good player. But to me, Bryce Young is a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. He's so poised in the pocket. He has an understanding of where pressure is coming from. He can carry your football team. Whether he can carry your football team or not is irrelevant to this conversation where a leading NFL draft analyst just compared Bryce Young to maybe the most gifted quarterback that has ever played the position. I'll say this. I I hate player comps, and it's not Todd Mache's fault because he works in the business where you kind of need to – you need to do this. Like, all right, so if I am, you know, average Joe or or Jim sitting on his couch at home, never played football, but I have watched a ton of football, how am I supposed to connect – some of the advanced scouting terminology to what to expect to see at the next level. You know, be like, you know, this guy's an elite processor. Well, I mean, maybe you watch football, but maybe you don't completely understand what we're talking about when you say that. Or like this guy, his capabilities reading a defense, but whatever, whatever buzzword or term you want to use that exemplifies who he is as a passer it's a lot easier and absorbable and digestible for fans to hear who's he like you know we do this with movies all the time it's like hey do you see the the preview for the new adam driver movie it looks like jurassic park meets terminator you know he's going back in time and he's fighting dinosaurs with futuristic weapons it's like okay yeah no i can wrap my head around that now you don't have to give me the plot synopsis you've given it to me in just a couple of words and that's what mcshay was trying to do by saying hey young looks like a mahomes comp to me and then everybody pictures mahomes at this level and they know what to expect from young whether it bears fruit whether that's an accurate comparison or not that remains to be seen that is pretty lofty in terms of comparison though yeah I you know I first of all and we talked about this a little bit on my Saturday show Todd McShay doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's trying to say quotable things to get himself in the news and so I'm not criticizing him for that in any way shape or form but a couple things stand out to me like one you can talk about a poised quarterback without referencing the greatest quarterback that we have in the NFL right now right like like think about all the great poised quarterbacks that we have. Joe Burrow is very poised. He's really good, but he's poised. Daniel Jones is poised under Brian Dable. Just, you know, figure it out. Russell Wilson before the the, the shenanigans in Denver this year was very poised. So that's one. 
Here's my other thing, and I'm not trying to tear apart the quote because I want to actually talk about Bryce Young, the prospect, in a second. Yeah, sure. Here's my question for you. If you think of the descriptive words to describe Patrick Mahomes, poised isn't one that I think of. Like, I actually think he's actually better in total chaos. He's better when the pass rush is coming and he's got to roll out and throw on a weird sidearm angle. So I'm not trying to pick apart the comp. I I think poise under pressure, I think poise in chaos – I don't think poise when I think of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I, just, I find the whole comp very weird, personally. I, I, di- I disagree because I do think Patrick Mahomes is poised. I look at him as one of those guys who, no matter what the circumstance is, like, for example, Super Bowl 57, the Philadelphia Eagles are down by 10 in the fourth quarter, or the Kansas City Chiefs are down by 10 in the fourth quarter. I think the outcome is going to be the same mm-hmm. because I have that much belief in the poise of Patrick Mahomes that even if – if he's leading by 10 or if he's trailing by 10, I think the Chiefs still have a, a better chance of winning than the Eagles because because that that internal calmness that he exudes when he plays the sport is is what really, I think, has driven him to get better. Tyreek Hill left Kansas City, and the Chiefs offensively were more efficient this year. Tyreek Hill is a Hall of Fame receiver already. The guy is that good. His numbers are ridiculous during a time where numbers are ridiculous. He's he's still putting up huge numbers in Miami. So, like, you, you think, well, you're missing a guy like that. I mean, certainly the offense is going to have to rely more on the defense. Nope. Wrong. <laughs> the Chiefs offense was better. He is the was, during the regular season, the top uh, passing uh, quarterback in the pocket in terms of efficiency. Outside the pocket, he was the top passing quarterback um, in terms of efficiency. Patrick Mahomes is, like you said, the greatest quarterback doing it right now. So when you you use him as a comp, that's where that's where I'm kind of shaking. It's like, why do we need to do that to Bryce Young? That is that is such a such a huge set of shoes to fill now, and especially short term. We're not talking about. An Aaron Rodgers comp where, you know, you know, potentially he'll wait behind somebody for three years or a Phillip Rivers comp where he was on the bench his rookie season plus, you know, or one of these other quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a year as an understudy, played one game his rookie year and then burst onto the scene as inarguable one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in decades. So, yeah, look, I think Bryce Young and I think a lot of the Alabama quarterbacks recently – is a talented quarterback. I think he'll be a fine NFL player, but that is that is lofty. Here's the reality, though. Alabama has completely shifted. Like, focusing on Bryce Young for a second. It's true. Mac Jones, uh, Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts. It's true. Like, these recent string of Alabama quarterbacks, the moniker is gone. Like, Alabama can create a great SEC defense, and they'll have first-rounders all over the place on their defense, and maybe some good receivers and running backs. But you can't trust an Alabama quarterback. That's gone. Like, sure. like these quarterbacks that they're bringing in now, because Saban realized you can't just win with great defense and a run game anymore, even in the SEC. You have to be able to throw the football. And he has now welcomed in offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator who can sculpt an offense around the quarterback. And they've gotten some high-priced talents, play great football, and then transition to a league that is more accommodating to these college talents. I'll tell you what. I want to get 
deeper into the Bryce Young conversation. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that next because I, I do think he's the most fascinating prospect for the two obvious reasons. One, that he is not, uh, you know, the the team that's drafting number one doesn't de- doesn't necessarily need a quarterback. So should the Chicago Bears even take him? But then two, and this is also something that Todd McShay said in that interview, is that he talked about the size and is that a concern, especially uh, coming from a program that obviously produced Tua Tonga Viola, who has struggled to stay healthy uh, in the NFL. So we'll discuss that next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres and Rich Orenberger in for Cavino and Rich. We are broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios, and we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So before the break, we were talking about Todd McShay. Well, we were talking about Bryce Young. Todd McShay uh, of another network referenced that he believed that Bryce Young, the exact quote, so I'm not paraphrasing, uh, 
To me, Bryce Young is a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. Talked a little bit about the quote, uh, 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 Rich, but I, I want to kind of take it to the Bryce Young element of it because I think that you know every year there's always a narrative in the draft, and I think he's going to be the narrative of the draft because. There are some years we know who's going number one. When Trevor Lawrence is number one, well, when Trevor Lawrence is in the draft, we know he's going number one. When Kyler Murray decided, I'm not playing baseball, we know Kyler Murray's going number one. This year, though, I do think the combination of two things, the fact that the Chicago Bears quarterback is not a priority, um, it's something that I, I think they feel like they could maybe improve on. But the problem is Bryce Young is far from a guarantee the Bears have other issues, and Bryce Young, as talented as he is, is coming off a season where he missed time with injury. Now, I would argue the injury was not really size-related, but it doesn't change the fact that Bryce Young, as Todd McShay, is probably a little closer to 5'10", 5'10 half than he is 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". Long-winded way of me saying. Let's start with the... Actually, let's start with the Chicago... Let's start with the Bryce Young stuff. Bryce Young. As an evaluator, as a fan of football, as somebody who's been in the trenches, been in the locker room, how concerned are you as an outsider about the idea of him being able to sustain the length of a football season? Oh, very concerned. Whenever you have a smaller stature quarterback, your concern is his health because, look, mass moves mass. When you are an offensive lineman, for example, like I was, the heavier you are, Paired with your strength, the harder it is for people to move you and the easier it is for you to move people. And that the same is true with a quarterback. Now, look, I mean, some people will say, well, what's the big difference between, say, 215 and 235? Well, play 17 games and then talk to me. Uh, interesting. Because when you get hit at 215 and you're getting hit by a 267-pound 4-4 athlete screaming off the edge mm-hmm. into your ribs – it's a lot different a lot different than if you weigh 20 more pounds. It's just harder for you to be brought down. I mean, we've seen this time and time again, you know, take um take uh, uh, an athlete like a Tua versus a Josh Allen. I, sure. I mean, they're just completely different human beings. One looks like a tight end, one looks more like Bryce Young, frankly. I mean, now it's not always true. Because even though Jalen Hurts is six foot, six foot one, he's built like a brick house. The guy Russell can, Wilson's a bigger guy for a small, for a short guy. He's big. Yes, Russell Wilson. more stout. Yeah, yeah, and, and and maybe they'll hold up longer. I mean, Russell Wilson, the proof is there. Uh, we'll see with Jalen Hurts. But you know what's interesting is yeah, outside of Mac Jones, Alabama has only produced short quarterbacks over this span. Sure, you think about Tua, you think about Jalen Hurts, you think about Bryce Young. Now, Mac Jones is six foot three ish. Um, but I would take the other two current pros, Tua and Hertz, over over Jones. But I digress to say, yeah, it's a concern, man. It is a big time concern when you're a talent evaluator looking at the long term health of your quarterback. You want a more stocky, stout guy. We know who's stocky and stout is Justin Fields, and so this has now become the next iteration of the conversation. Is Justin Fields is a very good NFL quarterback. Um, you know, he can definitely handle both the physical demands of the position. He obviously set a, a rushing record. Um, but this year, uh, you know, and, and he was pretty accurate and, and pretty poised at, uh, at, at Ohio State. But, you know, a career 59.5% completion percentage guy, 24 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. If you were the Chicago Bears, 
are you like like are you even are you a thousand percent out on Justin Fields because you think Bryce Young is better? Are you taking calls, or do you believe that Justin Fields is the guy? And oh, by the way. Maybe we need to get him help along the offensive line, wide receiver, on defense, all things that you can do either with the number one pick or by trading back to somebody else to accumulate picks around him. I would be quietly trying to shop Justin Fields for trade. I I think that very, I wouldn't say very easily, but I could see moving off of Justin Fields and feeling fine about it if I'm the Bears and I'm being completely honest with ourselves. He's a better running back than he is a quarterback right now. I'm sorry. I mean, like, what he does with the football is absolutely electric. He's an incredible rusher. I mean, this guy routinely was racking off 40-yard-plus rushing gains. I... I mean, like he—he's like the Derrick Henry of quarterbacks. It's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing. He's—he's a, he's a true athlete in terms of throwing the football. It's not there yet, and I mean, it's not there yet, and it doesn't look like it—it it may not happen. Let me jump in really quick. Yeah. He was a 70% completion guy in his last year at, at Ohio State. And over the course of really the, the two seasons, 67.5%, 70.5%. I understand that at Ohio State, in all but three or four games, he had superior talent around him. But is is it that it's a co- is it that Justin Fields is unsalvageable? Is it that he had elite coaching with Ryan Day? Or is it possible that he just hasn't gotten the right coach at the NFL level? Well, I, I wouldn't blame it all on just the, the coaches. It's also, look, you could you could say you could say the player is equipped enough to learn the offense at sure. the next level, and maybe he is. Or potentially the issue is he, he's not seeing defenses the way he should, and, and they're trying to, to make things easier for him to understand. And here's the thing. I don't know. And the Bears aren't going to tell you sure. because they shouldn't because it would affect his, his tradeability. So maybe there's some deeper issues here that we're unaware of. Here's what I would do. I would do something very similar to what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, maybe he's not going to complete a lot of passes out toward the sideline, 10 yards or above, but maybe exploit the middle of the field with Justin Fields and really vanilla this offense to get it so that he's he's running the RPO, the 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 QB read, the zone read plays and and really doing the sort of things that they built around him offensively at Ohio State and completely conforming your offense. I just haven't seen either of these two staffs really sell out and build around Justin Fields. So part of it's coaching. Maybe part of it is the athlete not really understanding. Either way, there is there is something there, though, because he can play at this level. We've watched it. Those those huge rushes are insane. He's he's a talented athlete. It just may not be working in, in Chicago. They may be looking for... I don't know a, a quarterback who's more, has more of a pocket presence, and or a quarterback who is more cerebral. You know, if that's the issue, or a quarterback who is less of a dual threat quarterback and more of a pocket passer. If that's the case, well, then you got to move off him. And then that leads to the natural follow up question from there: If you're ready to move Justin Fields, does that mean that Bryce Young is, is QB one on your board right now? Bryce Young feels like he should be QB1, but again, if you're transitioning to more of a, a pocket passer, I mean, is it Will Levis? You know what I mean? Can you trade down and still get a guy like that? You know, is it a situation where, you know, it's the right type of athlete, a quarterback, it's the right type of quarterback, but you just don't think the guy's right, and so maybe it's a better fit with Bryce Young? 
Yeah, I, it's it's tough to say it, because again, we don't get we don't have the practice film at the Chicago Bears facility, so we don't know how much you know he's messing up that they can't bring to the game field on Sundays or Thursdays or Mondays. We just get to see the product on those Thursdays, Sundays, or Mondays. But clearly, there's a disconnect. And I don't want to blame it all on the player. I mean, again, maybe they didn't build a system around him that he's competent or capable in playing in, and that could be the issue too. Maybe he's not surrounded with enough talent in Chicago. That could be the issue too. But whatever the issue is, it's not working at a level that's that's really warranting me to feel like, yeah, well, Chicago should build around him because I don't know. I don't know if they're there yet with with uh, excuse me with uh, Fields. What I would say, uh, you know, leading receiver for Chicago, Cole Komet, tight end, fifth-round wide receiver, Darnell Mooney, and then seventh-round wide receiver, Equinemia St. Brown, are his three top wide receivers. And so part of why is probably on him, but I think I, I personally would rather see them try to build around him and can you go get a, a wide receiver with the seventh, eighth pick? Here's the other thing. You trade down and trade for Justin Fields, something you referenced if you think there's a quarterback later on in the first round. Uh, you better make sure you get him. I mean, imagine trading down to think you're going to get Will Levis or something and uh, you end up not having him. So, yeah, there's just a lot of layers. I find the whole thing fascinating. It's just it's the most complex top of the NFL draft conversation i can remember if that makes sense no it does it makes perfect sense because when you have loaded draft classes this is always i remember what was it 2017 it was the year of lamar and darnold and baker and oh who else was that rosen was in that draft josh Um, allen josh allen yeah Yeah. that was the same draft i think it was 2017 that april and i remember thinking like yeah this is going to be difficult because you know some of these guys aren't going to pan out you yeah. just know it it's the attrition rate in terms of first round quarterbacks it's something like 60% don't pan out they're not even franchise guys yeah. and that's basically what happened you, know, you look at darnold you look at baker and you look at rosen those three first rounders where are they now you look at allen and and jackson obviously it panned out it's it's just one of those tr- – it's the trickiest thing to get right in all of the NFL. And any executive who will tell you, like, oh, no, this is easy, they're lying to you or they're well misinformed. Well, think about Justin Fields' draft class. Trevor Lawrence looks pretty good. But Zach Wilson literally is essentially out of a job right now. Uh, Trey Lance, we don't know. Justin Fields, we clearly don't know because we're talking about potentially trading him. Mac Jones, we don't know. So was that five of the top 17, 16 picks for quarterbacks? And there's one sure thing in Trevor Lawrence who we knew was a sure thing for three years before he even got to the NFL draft. Everybody else is kind of a kind of uh, it's crapshoot. Yeah, it is. And it'll be interesting. I'll just say that it will be very interesting. Coming up, we'll switch gears to college football. An interesting story. Uh, some would say maybe even an annoying story. We'll discuss that next. Before we do, though, let's toss it over to the news desk. Monty Bolaño's final time in Covino and Rich. What's trending? Oh, what's trending is actually Joe Burrow. The NFL tweeted a question with uh, pictures of all the quarterbacks that have never won a Super Bowl, and they said, who's going to be the next NFL quarterback to win their first Super Bowl? And almost every answer as I was scrolling, Joe Burrow. That's a great topic. Yes. I would say... <laughs> 
Allen was in there also, but it was mostly Joe Burrow. Yeah. I have one that is neither Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. We'll discuss that next, but continue, Monty. Yeah. Oh, dun, dun, dun. I like it. Other moves are happening in the NBA, not just Russell Westbrook planning to sign with the Clippers after he agrees to a contract buyout with the Utah Jazz, but free agent Patrick Beverly is expected to sign with the Chicago Bulls for the rest of the season. So he's going back home. What would be the point of that, Monty? Because they're not very good, right? They're not, but they, they they can still do something with Patrick Beverly. They don't have a good point guard. They don't. They, this actually could help the Bulls. Will they, it I feel get like them they just need far? Somebody to, no. rough, to rough up some of their players. Like, yes. You know, like like yes. Lon, Lonzo's a little soft. Yeah. You, know, you just kind of get Patrick Beverly to just kind of corner him in the locker room. Stuff that could like that. be, honestly, the goal here. Zach Levine a little bit, you know? Not Zach as tough. Levine definitely needs some toughing up. Yeah, right. So maybe that's what they're hoping to get. But I think this could help them. The Bulls are not going to win. No, no, no. <laughs> that's, not, that's not happening. But this could help them get a little further, definitely, in the postseason. Uh, and we have not heard of this guy for a while. Miles Myers Leonard. Saw He's that. a free agent seven-footer. You guys remember him? Mm-hmm. In Back in 2021, he said an anti-Semitic slur on a video game live stream. He was also rehabilitating at the time, so he wasn't playing. But after he did that, he kind of got, you know, shoved out of the NBA. Apparently, he signed a 10-day contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, speaking about the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo went to New York today to get his injured wrist examined by a doctor. No further news on that. And in Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani's agent spoke to the media. He was asked if he would be willing to negotiate a contract extension during spring training. He said yes, but ultimately his client has earned the right to just play this season, explore free agency, and then see what happens. He reiterated that they're just taking it one day at a time. So we'll see how that one ends. I don't think Shohei Otani is going to leave the Angels. I'm just saying that Ooh. now. Okay. I don't think, I think he's content. With all the money that Rich's Padres are throwing around and the uh, Dodgers. Not, not, right. Padres. I mean, Mets. I know. M- money does talk. Money does. does talk. You are right. You know what's interesting? He should pull, like, remember how tight ends were like, we should be paid like receivers because X, Y, Z. And they were basically like, you have to pay us more because we do two things. Mm. He should he demand should. double the salary. He should have two contracts. <laughs> well, what's crazy is I, you you make a good point about potentially staying because I remember when the Shohei Otani sweepstakes happened the first time around. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to a place where virtually that, mm-hmm. he could just disappear. Like yes. he's not going to be harassed by the media constantly. Right. That's the reason why I didn't sign with L.A. or Chicago or New York. And, yeah, I mean, maybe there's some truth to that. We'll see. And it was reported that the Angels were the only ones that were going to let him pitch and hit. There you go. Like, the way he wanted to. One game going on in hockey, and then it's back to you guys. The Flyers are beating the Flames 4-3 to three with six and a half minutes to go in the game. Guys, it's been fun. Happy President's Day. Back to you. Thank you, Monty. Yeah. All right, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Rich Orenberger, in for Covino. And Rich, we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So really interesting. I wasn't going to go here, but it's a quick kind of fun thing. NFL, the NFL official Twitter account just tweeted out uh, which quarterback is the next quarterback to win his first Super Bowl. And as Monty said, most of the early returns are for Joe Burrow. Now, the first guy in the mention says Geno Smith. I don't think that's probably going to be the answer. 
So I have an answer that might be unpopular. I don't think it's Joe Burrow. I'll tell you who I think it is. I think it's Jalen Hurts. The guy that was literally a quarter away from winning a Super Bowl this year, and if his defense didn't melt down, he did enough. I think it's Jalen Hurts for Mm. the obvious reason that Josh Allen and Justin, uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence and all these guys, they got to go through each other, plus some guy named Patrick Mahomes who's pretty good, plus maybe Russell Wilson gets back on track. Jalen pa- Jalen Hurts, the path of least resistance. That's my guy. All right. Um, yeah, because, look, Lamar Jackson probably going to get franchise tagged in Baltimore. I don't know. I, I look at the AFC North as very winnable for the Bengals because Lamar has gotten hurt back-to-back seasons now. Kenny Pickett is still widely unproven in Pittsburgh. The Browns, I mean, they're stuck with Deshaun Watson for good or better or for worse. We'll see if he can improve over this offseason after nearly a two-year layoff. Um so I, I don't know. I kind of agree with the consensus there that Burrow feels like the right pick because it may it may actually be the easier path. We'll see, though. I Look, the NFC East doesn't scare a lot of people, although Dable has really turned around the Giants. And say what you want about Mike McCarthy when Dak's healthy. That's a playoff team. It's a, it's a playoff team every year. So you're talking about at very least – two teams that don't appear to be going anywhere in terms of getting in the way of the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they handled them all right during the regular season this year. It's I I like Joe. I think that he is the most steady performer in the NFL, probably just outside of Patrick Mahomes. I would say they're one and two in that in terms of composure, that's a close rate. Close race, so I would I would say Joe Burrow is my guy to win the next Super Bowl in terms of that group. Really quick, I'm going to throw another major twist at you. So you just mentioned Jalen Hurts, the path through the NFC. Yeah. Really quickly, because we didn't touch on it, but over the weekend, Eric Bieniemy officially became the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. We don't have to get into all the semantics of how he got the job. Should he have taken the job? There's probably you know there's not enough time left in this show as we're only on for another 20 minutes or so, but. He took a calculated risk on himself, and, and I think the assumption is that uh, if he can you know, turn Sam Howell into whatever, and if he can have success in Washington, that makes him uh, the candidate going into next coaching cycle. Do you believe that Eric Bieniemy, with the tools that are going to be in his toolbox, it ain't Patrick Mahomes and it ain't Travis Kelsey, with no disrespect intended to Eric Bieniemy and no dis- disrespect intended to Sam Howell and the guys in Washington, what do you think of that move from a football? Per- like, do you think he can turn around? Do you think he can make that offense salvageable? Is basically the point I'm trying to make. Well, I, it really comes down to two things: how good are the 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 players that he has to work with, and I think they have talent offensively. But Sam Howell, you're taking a huge risk. You know, you're attaching your name to a guy you better believe in, or you better you better be able to convince the head coach, the executives, to make a move at quarterback to bring in someone you can work with. Um, in terms of the move, if he has designs to be a head coach, it's probably the move, right? If he's not satisfied being an offensive coordinator uh, for the rest of his career and he f- sort of feels like he's 53 now, how much longer am I going to do this? I could be an offensive coordinator anywhere. I, I I would prefer at this point to either take that next step or even potentially affect my hireability as a, a coordinator at this level and maybe – Maybe go down to the college ranks and be a head coach down at uh, you know in college football, because right now the biggest issue 
is from from the people that I've talked to about Eric Bieniemy is for whatever reason when he interviews owners don't look at him as head coach as a head coach candidate. I right. and I don't know what happens in those interviews. I know. Maybe he's a bad interviewer. Maybe he gets you know a little stage fright. Whatever it may be, but clearly he connects with players. Yeah. I mean, it appears it, it's worked for a while with with Mahomes in Kansas City. So. We'll see, man. It, it, sometimes you got to take a step back or a step to the side to take a step forward, and maybe that's maybe that's what happens with the enemy here in Washington. Yeah, and I, I I actually do independent of of why he hasn't gotten the job, and I I agree with you. I think there has to be something going on in those meetings because listen, I know it's a hot button issue, but minority candidates get jobs all the time. D'Amico Ryan just got a job in you know in Houston a few weeks ago. Todd Bowles is on his second job, so like. It has to be something more than just, you know, those components of it, as well as the fact that he's not calling plays because Sean McVay has sent a million assistant coaches to to head coaching jobs that weren't the primary play callers. Kyle Shanahan uh, sent Mike McDaniel to to, to uh, Miami, and he wasn't the primary play caller. But I'll just give credit to Eric Bieniemy because it would have been easy to... And by the way, you know who knows how much of a say he has on the offense, but he clearly has a big part. But it, it would have been easy to kind of sit back and 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 blame the climate, blame Andy Reid, not not literally blame Andy Reid, but metaphorically blame Andy Reid because he's the face of the offense. He's taking a calculated risk on himself. I give him credit. I hope it works in Washington. I want to see this guy as a head coach. I think most people that love football want to see this guy as a head coach. He certainly paid his dues. But I'll give him credit, man, because this is a very calculated risk. And oh, by the way, right in that division, three playoff teams, uh, you know, including the NFC champions. So, Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Rich Orenberger filling in for Cavino and Rich. We're taking you to the top of the hour. The odd couple will follow us. Coming up, put a bow on the show, talk a little bit of college football, some news and notes from the day. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course you know us as the host of the number one rated Paulie and Tony Fusco show. World renowned. We all know you're sick and tired of these stupid sports shows where the hosts say stupid things like Tom Brady's the GOAT. Or LeBron James is good at basketball, which he is clearly not. See, we give you smart takes. Yeah. And we also bring on so-called famous guests from across the sports world and show them why we know much more than they do. You're off the show! Are you serious? Listen to the Polly and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. He's got the Gate City jersey on over his 76ers jersey, a team he signed with less than a week ago. And he might just win the slam dunk. Here he is. Oh, a 360 and a bit more, and he slams it home, and he says it's over. It's over. Surrounded by NBA veterans. That was Mac McClung winning the slam dunk contest courtesy of Sirius XM NBA Radio. And that was also the progressive play of the day brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Rich, fun fun shows, plural, today. We filled in for Doug Gottlieb, so make sure to download the Doug Gottlieb podcast. Doug was in for Dan Patrick. Then, of course, for the guys, Cavino and Rich, thanks for thanks for joining me, and uh, you'll be back on Thursday with Dan Byer, right? Yeah, yeah, going to do the same deal noon to four uh, through Gottlieb and Cavino and Rich on that day as well. Yeah, what's crazy about February, and we were talking about this briefly with the Combine coming up and some of the NBA news and just the end of the football season, the NFL season, it's insane how much deeper and deeper like the sports the the especially the NFL season is pushing into the spring. I'm pretty sure here in the coming years we're going to see the Super Bowl played either the last week of February or the first week of March. Wow. And I think I think we're going to have a full like NFL takeover all the way until like Mar- March Madness gets underway in earnest. Well, keep in mind too and this is not a reason why the NFL would worry, but the college football playoff expanding, that's competition on Saturdays, and yep. so is there some way they maybe add an extra bye week, add an extra regular season game, something like that, to kind of give college football a little bit of a little bit of air to breathe kind of in that mid to late December range. It's 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 interesting. And one thing I will say, and, and I've said this many times, is you know we talk about the NFL being a 365 day a year sport. I think increasingly all sports are 365 day. You know, with the NBA, with the trade demands, which we talked about with Kevin Durant. 
college football has the portal now where that's something you at least monitor. But like Jordan Addison was like a five day topic in April or May of last year. And so I'm blown away. I mean, even from when I started doing this, you know, five, six years ago here at Fox Sports Radio, February, really April and May was like, okay, you got the NBA playoffs and that's it. And then June, July, August was there's not much. And now it just feels like. Maybe there's a week in July. Maybe there's a week in in early August. But for the most part, it feels like we did four hours, and there is stuff that we still have not gotten to yet on the rundown. Oh, I know, I know, and and it's it's a great time to be a sports fan. As a result, yeah. Even though Kevin Durant may have been off kilter in terms that you know these trade demands are good for the league, I don't think they are good for the association or really any league. But he does make a strong point that it's interesting. And when you drive off-season or in-season interest with trade demands, your sport at very least gets spoken about. And then also, let's face it, waking up, if you're a Phoenix Sun fan and you find out Kevin Durant just dropped in your lap, regional interest explodes. So, yeah, this is um, fun four hours, fast four hours, and we'll do it again this week. Yes, you'll do it with Dan on Thursday. I'll actually be in with Dan on Friday. Two quick things. One, Monty mentioned it in one of her updates. College football, this was according to Ross Dellinger, uh, college football's leaders have basically put together a proposal. They're thinking about changing the clock rules to basically speed up the game, not because the speed of the game is bad like baseball, but more so to protect the players. I'll just say this really quick and I'll toss it over to you. Spare me the we're protecting the players speech when you just added two rounds to the college football postseason. I was blown away. I saw this. 2001, the Miami Hurricanes won a national championship playing 12 games, 11 regular season games, no conference championship game, bowl game for the national championship. That was 2001. That doesn't feel that long ago. In the 12-team playoff era, To win a championship, you're going to be playing a minimum of 16 and in theory could be playing 17 games in a college football season. But now we're speeding up the clock to protect players. Yeah, well, it's not true, but at the same time, it's not untrue. Look, we don't live in a mutually exclusive world. Both can be true at the same time, and they are. Like, I'll give you a perfect example, and any parent knows what I'm talking about. When when you start thinking about sending your kid to preschool, even if you have a parent who can stay at home with the kid, you can make the argument, oh, well, it's good for their socialization, having them around kids their own age. But at the same token, it's also nice having them out of the house for a little while. Sure, sure, It's kind of nice to pass off the responsibility to somebody else for a little while so you can actually get things done because anybody who knows anything about toddlers or young children, you can't get anything done when they're there. But we're not living in a mutually exclusive world. So, yeah, you can get more done at the house, and it's somebody else's problem for a little while watching your kids. Same is true of college football. Okay, yes, speeding up the games is better for a college uh, football player in terms of injury prevention because less time on the field, less time you have to get injured. But the reality is the the bigger reason why they made this move is because they're trying to make – a better product for television viewing. You don't Be- think it's about the lawsuits and all that stuff that could come down the road? It's possible. It's also possible legally they could be yeah. looking to protect themselves. That's how, that's absolutely a possibility. But, th- but the reality is TV in college football rules the day. These Big Ten broadcasting rights uh, numbers are ridiculous. These SEC broadcasting rights numbers are ridiculous. If you can make this an even more palatable experience for viewers at home, 
college football is basically printing money already, you could explode this thing. You can make it so they're they're tinkering with the rules to really make it a better viewership product at home. Fit in tighter windows, fit in more programming. These networks love that stuff. And that's who you're I mean, the Big Ten, we could call it the Big Ten, or we could call it the Fox Conference. Sure. You know, the SEC, we could call it the SEC, or we call it the ESPN Conference. These networks are pulling the strings, and it's sort of the tail wagging the dog. It is, and I think, you know, it's interesting because with more money comes more people wanting to get, and this is the constant conversation about the student-athlete, the the people that are creating the revenue. Um, I think, you know, we're now in a world where players are smarter, players are better educated, players are more worldly and self-aware, and I think this could have a trickle-down effect again down the road of players looking around and saying, wait a second now, my body took all those hits, I want a cut of that pie from when I played at Penn State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, whatever. We got to get out of here. want to thank the crew, Chris Perfett on the board, Ryan Bershinger, and of course, Monty on the updates. For Rich Orenberger, I'm Aaron Torres. By the way, we filled in for Doug Gottlieb and Cavino and Rich. Make sure to download the Doug Gottlieb show. Make sure to download the Dan Patrick show where Doug was filling in today. And of course, make sure to download the Cavino and Rich show. Coming up next, the Odd Couple. Odd Couple is coming up next. They will take you all the way up until 10 p.m. Eastern. I have no idea what those guys are going to talk about, but you know they will be entertaining. (laughs) Odd Couple next, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.